time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Welcome in to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, 10 days from kickoff. Uh, yes. As was pointed out by Craig in the Nana Sports chat line, hour number one, brought to you by Sydney Sear Falls, Caldwell Baker Kane Real Estate uh, in the Upstate. Uh, we appreciate all you guys joining us today. We have Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show coming up bottom of the hour, and then in hour number two, our weekly chat with uh, Jamie Bradford. Uh, <laughs> And that's uh, going to be a lot of fun, as always. Those two guys, <laughs> whenever we can have those two guys on Phil, uh, I think it's going to be uh, a pretty lively show. How about you? Oh, yeah. Always. Yep, yep. High intensity on both of them. So that's Oh, great. yeah, that's man. Great. We just uh, get them in here and let them roll. And, and certainly <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good deal. Uh, thanks to all of you guys who uh, have participated in the poll question every single day. The numbers on those have been good. We got a fun one. Okay, so, so who won the um, – who won the hat yesterday? Big Slamma Jamma. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, so he had a poll question that he put in the chat box the other day, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so we're, you know, I saved it. I didn't mention it because I was going to use it for a poll question. And then, of course, uh, in my old age, uh, I, I, I forget things a lot, right? So I'm <laughs> forgetful. Uh, and, and so I finally used it today. So who wins in a death stare contest? Frank Martin or Will Muschamp? That's hard. Oh, I mean, hey, now, <laughs> now, now, I'll, I'll be honest. Frank's Frank's running away with it right now. Okay, uh, I'm looking on Twitter um, right now. Frank is at 91.7 percent. Will is at 8.3. Uh, you know, and uh, there's there's still a lot of time left, right? Um, but uh, you know, that's that's where it's at now on uh, in uh, on Twitter because uh, I put it there on the bigspur.com. And um, so uh, on, on Big Spur, of course, there's all kinds of nice comments, right? Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> with, yeah. with, with both two, of those names up there, yeah, <laughs> yeah, th- those two. Uh, but Frank is only at seventy nine percent on Big Spur versus twenty for Will. It, it, here's the thing: I, I think in general, if you look at, I mean, you know, I, I would lean toward Frank, you know, uh, yeah. initially. Uh, because well, you know, football, you're kind of off on the sidelines. You don't catch everything, you know, basketball, you're like right there. Uh, and, and it gets intense, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, especially like, like a friend of mine, um, an older gentleman, but a, a dear, dear friend that was sitting behind the bench one day, uh, at Colonial Life Arena. It was one of those games that, uh, well, like most of them, it wasn't that well attended. Right. Yeah, and right. Frank's in the huddle and, and, and they're right there and, um, he's just, uh, you know, doing his thing and, and, and his wife's just kind of like looking over and, uh, it, it, he was lucky cause he had just had, had a hearing aid, uh, uh, situation and he couldn't hear that well. So he didn't hear any of it. You know, he's just like, Oh, he's just, uh, being demonstrative. <laughs> uh, but that bothered a lot of people, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. and will though is, you know, in football, you're not right there. I mean, you're way back off the, even your closest seats are way off the sideline. But um, so I started thinking about it, and I was like, well, okay, I'm probably going to lean toward Frank. But then I started thinking about some of those clips of Muschamp 
when he was at Florida, when they, you know, CBS slowed down the, 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 the he was in slow motion and he, he called a kid an a-hole and just was like, <laughs> and it's, uh, and, and Phil and I were talking before the show, we were like, with Frank, you know, you kind of knew he was going to be intense and, and all that. You knew that coming in. With Muschamp, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you'd see him up and down the sidelines and he'd look up from the ground and he'd have this pissed off look on his face, right? And it, you could tell it was coming. It was starting to boil. And then it would just do. And uh, the good, good news for Will is like the last year, you know, uh, in 2020, everybody had a, a mask on on the sidelines, so you couldn't really, you couldn't really even see him. So he's like completely hidden from all that. Um, so I don't know. I'd have a tough time with it. I, I'd have a tough time with uh, with that. I mean, I've seen clips of both of those guys running practice too, and man, it's it's a uh, it is an intense type of situation. So who wins the Death Stare contest, Frank Martin or Will Muschamp? That's today's poll question. Uh, and uh, we'll get uh, Chris's take on that. We'll also get uh, Jamie Bradford's take when he joins us in hour number two. Um, news from our great Gamecock land. We have uh, uh, Shane Beamer had a press conference yesterday. At, uh, this is kind of dress rehearsal week, folks, for the game. Uh, Beamer even said as much yesterday. And uh, so they're going to have the press conference and they're going to have the call-in show and all that stuff. And the next week we do it for real. Uh, Georgia State comes in. Uh, for the season opener, because it's 7.30 p.m. That's available on ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus. Streaming, it's kind of like the Eastern Illinois game last year. It's the one game that's like only streamed. Uh, and I, I think they did that because they have a lot of new stuff at the stadium they want to debut. And uh, a night game obviously works better for that, Phil. Uh, and, and so I, I, think, I think, you know, everybody always talks about Oh, Ray Tanner can't get decent kickoff times, and it, he doesn't set them. But uh, it, for games like Georgia State, you can say, okay, well, we would prefer that this be our streaming, you know, show and uh, our, our game, and, and so then we can have a night game for the opener because they have all those uh, LED lights. Uh, have you seen those, Phil? I have seen that. Yeah, the the photo or you know the video releases of them syncing it up with sandstorm. So that's that place is going to be live. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a, it kind of turns garnet and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanted to uh, so so wanted to talk about uh, wanted to make sure that that was a night game. I think because I think at noon on next Saturday it's going to be uh, it's going to be kind of warm and you know. I don't know about the lights and, and all that good stuff. So it wouldn't uh, wouldn't be good. Going to the Nana Sports chat box. We love our chat box. We love our chat boxers. We need to come up with a name for them. Kind of like, you know, Jim Rome has the clones. Oh, right. you know? yeah. He's like, yeah. what's up, clones? And uh, gosh, back when Matt Berry and Tim uh, Hill did the barnyard, you know, it was like barnyard, barnyard, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. But we need to, we need to come up with a, a – uh, a name for the chat boxers because chat boxers is too mm-hmm. much to say. Uh, yeah. Somebody come up with one. I'll send you some barbecue sauce or a magnet, <laughs> you know, and all that. <laughs> By the way, to our, to our boy Austin that won the uh, thing, I, I mailed out your barbecue sauce yesterday. I had to, to declare it, you know, because you, you go to the post office. Oh, and say, yeah. Are there any liquids or hazardous items? I was like, would barbecue sauce be considered a liquid? <laughs> and they're like, not for these purposes. If you send a beef sandwich and some gravy in the mail, it may be a liquid beef sandwich. Yeah. Anyway, 
Go to the Nana Sports chat box. Brad says, morning, guys. Craig, what's up, fellas? Cocky gaming morning, y'all. Ten days, that's right, when you get the hump day yeah, the week yeah. before. Ooh, excitement. You can feel it in the air. You can feel oh, it in the air. About freaking time. I'm ready. Let's Co- go. Cocky Gaming <laughs> says, free Sir Big Spur. I'll, I'll talk about that here in a second. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the mascot issue. It's uh, one of the most South Carolina things ever. Um, and, and I say that to com- as a compliment to the state and, and our people. Our people, We don't like being told what to do no. <laughs> at all in South Carolina. We don't. We don't I mean, no, seriously. I mean, there's not another place. South Carolina ha- has the most welcoming, friendly, uh, wonderful people. Believe me, because I grew up there. I'm biased, of course, because you could talk to people. Uh, even people from Georgia are not as friendly as people from South Carolina. Uh, you know, we're friendly. We're friendly, good people. But if you start telling us what to do, uh-uh. We're gonna bow up. Mm-hmm. We're gonna bow up, and we're gonna we're gonna we will we will fall on the sword and run naked through the grass and do whatever to avoid you telling us what the hell to do. Even if you're right, even if you're right, you're not oh, telling yeah. us what yeah, to do. Look at the history. I mean, even <laughs> and he, you can go back to the 1860s. You can, you can go back to the the 1970s at the University of South Carolina when they left the ACC. You can. Uh, you know, we, we don't like being told what to do. No, not, uh-uh. don't tell us what to do. Uh, uh-uh. don't, don't bring your nuclear waste here. <laughs> who, who, who was it that put the national Haley that put the national guard on the border? You know, yeah, uh-uh. just like, just stop the, yep. the federal government's not bringing no more nuclear waste in here. Why? Like Cause they didn't, they didn't, they didn't ask us nicely. <laughs> you know that's it it's, it's crazy so uh we're going to talk about the bird here in a second i think it's insane I, I think surely you can come to some sort of like agreement on 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 that but uh we'll talk about sir big in a second chris says jc's hair is getting luxurious i'm gonna have to get a haircut i can't hang in there with her i'll go around walking around like a franciscan monk yeah dude you look uh <laughs> Actually, I felt a little breeze in the back blowing. And I was like, oh, no, haircut time. Uh, gotta go. Gotta, gotta get go. a haircut right now. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting a cold on top of that. I'm still fighting a cold, right? Okay, so, and, and I'll say this while, while we're going through the Nana Sports chat box here. So, everybody got well. And then the youngest one got COVID. And so, we had to ship him to his dad's for a couple of days. And then I get out this morning, and I got the sniffles, and so uh, I'm loaded up on a, a little couple of uh, pills of NyQuil, so if I'm a little off, please uh, forgive me. I'm trying to uh, bring it through. I'm not sick. I, I don't feel bad. I just uh, I got the sniffles, yeah. and that's not good. You know, Mucinex usually does the trip, trick for me. But anyway, yeah, the hair's getting luxurious. Uh, I, I spread the uh, video out to everybody yesterday, sent it to everybody I know. Um you know, and uh, and all that good stuff. By the way, uh, I did want to say uh, I am on 107.5 The Game with Bill Gunner, uh, 7 to 7.30 uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, I think we're doing it tomorrow. I, it was, he said, it's kind of crazy because he said Tuesday and Thursday, then yesterday he's like, we're, he's joining us weekly. And I'm like, well, I thought it was bi-weekly, but I'll get clarification on that. But those of you in Columbia, you can get like a triple shot of JC every day. Uh, if you tune in to 107.5 The Game with Bill, and uh, certainly Bill's a wonderful friend of mine. I've known him for years and uh, glad to kind of 
help him out with all of that. But uh, continuing on the Nana Sports chat box, Ken says, stayed up late again to say good morning and go Gamecocks. Uh, oh, Ken, thank you for spelling it out because I would have never got it. Iwakuni, Japan. Iwakuni. Mm-hmm. Iwakuni, Japan. I've always wanted to visit. I heard it's beautiful. My mom went to Japan and she's been to China like three times, but uh, I've heard Japan's just gorgeous. So yeah, Japan's a bucket list uh, trip of mine, yeah, too. Yeah, Will Mc- Will says so. What's up with the drama with Jordan Strong and his leaving Georgia State to us? Butt hurt. <laughs> just like we said yesterday, it's butt hurt. I'm not. There's really it's really a non-story. Um, I, and I understand that freaking you know Georgia State was upset. Like I said, he came there as a walk-on receiver, developed into one of the best defensive ends in the country. And then up and left, but that's happened to a lot of schools with the portal. Uh, don't blame South Carolina or Shane Beamer, blame the NCAA. You know, you, you don't like the rules, uh, they have a governing body that uh, does it. And certainly, Georgia State's benefited from transfers just like everybody else in the country. Um, and, and I'm not saying that Sean Elliott's in the wrong for being upset because he was, but that man, that was like two years ago, dude. I mean, it's uh, uh I understand that Ben Moore kind of beat the drums of. Of, of war there yesterday on the big spur. Uh, but I'm, I'm convinced Ben uh, thinks they're going to win the game, the game, straight, the game. straight yeah. up. I, I, you know, I, I, I'll ask him and I'm sure he'll tell us. I, 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 money think, line PSU, huh? <laughs> I think we're getting him on next week, uh, Phil. And I think he's going to pick Georgia state to win. Well, I mean, you know, they, they, Got a chance. This is, the, this is the opener. Nobody really knows what you're up against until you actually bold. get out there on the field. But it's uh, bold. It's, it's extremely bold. bold. It's a hot take. That is a hot, hot take. We will see. I don't know. I'm feeling good about it. So I, I do too. I mean, I, and look, I'll say this: I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I mean, I don't think it's going to be no. just a complete uh, butt kicking. But I, I think that you know, thir- I, I'm, in my mind, 35-21 keeps sticking in my head. So that's probably what I'm going to pick unless, you know, Muschamp appears to me in, my, in a dream with Frank Martin and they threaten to <laughs> death, death stare me to death and change my mind. Ooh, you know, and Todd, if Todd, Todd Ellis. Yeah, that's <laughs> If Todd Ellis called the death stare contest between Frank Martin and Will Muschamp, that'd be hilarious. Oh, here comes Frank with another stare. Oh, oh kick my dog. Oh. <laughs> Spike my. <laughs> Spike my. Yeah, no, I, I'm not yeah. gonna, I can't no. go there. It's a family show. It's a family show. That's right. And we get to hear That's Todd here show. on uh, Thursday, 6 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've evolved on Todd, right? Because he. Back when he got the job, I was like, this is ridiculous. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, completely unbiased. I mean, I'm friends with Mike Morgan, but uh, I don't think anybody would argue that Mike Morgan's not a hell of an announcer, a play-by-play right. announcer. Uh, and I felt like they missed an opportunity to, for, for Mike. Mike's got a much better job now. You probably couldn't get him back if you wanted to. Uh, you have to pay him a bunch. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of felt like that was a no-brainer. Uh, hire. I was like, you know, do a three-man booth. You know, keep Todd and Tommy. That's fine. But, you know, Todd's more of a color analyst guy. I and mean, he's been on the sideline for a while. You know, why not? You know, and then it just – but over time, you know, those positions, Phil, became less and less important as far as, you know, because so many games are on TV. They're all on TV now. Um, I think it's almost good to have a guy like Todd who's entertaining – Oh yeah, yeah. Like you, you never know. Oh, you never right. know. Well, yeah, but you never know what he's going to say, and it's that's funny. Right. 
because it really doesn't matter anymore. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, if you want like a, a good call of a game, you, you're probably just going to tune in the broadcast. Of course, a lot of those guys aren't very good either, but, um, you know, it's kind of funny, like Missouri game, you know, he, he, he you know, Kyle Markway called a big pass. Kyle's a little older. And, and, and so in your mind, you know, you're sitting there thinking, oh, he's old, you know, Markway, you know, and, and he catches a pass. He's down the tweet. He's like, the 23 years old on the yard line. <laughs> and then uh, when he was down to the, he's down to the 55. He's down to the. <laughs> I know. He's out of the two of them, though. It's endearing, you know. I know. I I do. I love it. I Mm -hmm. love Todd Ellis. I think. uh, I mean, Todd Ellis uh, threw more interceptions when I was a kid than anybody in the history of college football. (laughs) I think Uh, seventy-three picks in four years is a lot. But uh, hey, you know, and that's that's what I tell people all the time. You know, so did Brett Favre. I mean, you know, picks interceptions don't. Sometimes you throw a lot of interceptions if you're a hell of a quarterback, and Todd was. But uh, no, I, uh, I I think he and he and Tommy do a great job. But it, it'll be great to hear from him on Carolina calls, and you know, you know, uh, Bobby from Lugolf or whoever calling him. Hey, coach, <laughs> turn down your radio, please. <laughs> you're on with you're on with Shane Beamer. You're on with Coach Beamer. Oh, uh, by the way, you got to hit, you got to catch out, catch Whittle's live play by play on the big spur. It's hilarious because Whittle goes all in and he just, he talks about the commercials and everything. Just yeah, well, like, yeah, that's great. He'd like to remind you that I like your camera heating and air, you know, uh, anyway, uh, Rob said, uh, Muschamp can't do a death stare without screaming his head off. I, yes and no. But uh, you're right. I mean, because you see the death stare and then the yells coming. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's that that guy will boil over in emotion and stuff. I, and I, I was telling Phil off the uh, off the route. I was watching a, a video one day when when Will was at Auburn, and all of a sudden it's uh, you know, <laughs> you hear this. Are you scared? Are you scared? <laughs> and it's it's Will Muschamp coming off screen, just like yelling his head off, his pants bobbing and stuff. Are you scared? Uh-huh. I'm scared now. Uh, Frederick says the cock chat, cock chat, cock, cock line, chat. cock chat. I like, like that. Cockpit, cockpit. That's good. Yeah. Um, insider degenerates. <laughs> That's funny. That would be funny. Uh, uh, Craig says the new lights during Sandstorm are insane. I agree, man. Yeah. That's going to be something else. Austin says, thanks, JC. No problem. Uh, watch. I, I, I wrapped it in bubble wrap twice uh, and put it in a box. And so hopefully it doesn't break. United States Postal Service is crazy. Um, how's this be barbecue sauce? Uh, but Marion, the Billy G's, I'm, I, look, the, he didn't pay me a dime, right? And I put a post on the Big Spur because he's selling it online now. And that, that post got, like, like a good post on the Big Spur will get over, like a really good one will get over 10,000 views, right? This thing had like 11,000 views <laughs> and 100 responses, people lining up to buy this barbecue sauce. It's Billy G's, he's a Gamecock, he's right there in Columbia. The sauce is amazing. The rub is better than the sauce. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna get mad to get some pork chops, and we're probably gonna fire some up on the grill this afternoon if I can, you know, not uh, if I can make it through the show without dying here. Um, 
and uh, and all that. So, uh, Marion, I, I, look, man, go get that, go get that sauce. Okay, I, I'm telling you. In fact, Marion, remind me in a week, and I'll just send you some out. Okay, just just because you ask, just because you ask. And like I said, Billy G is not a sponsor that pay me a dime. I just believe in the guy, uh, and I've known him for years. He used to have a little place over. A little lunch spot, uh, the best Brunswick stew I think I've ever had. Now, there's a lot of good barbecue spots in Columbia. I think, you know, somebody asked me, uh, what's Columbia known for food-wise? And, I, you know, you don't always know. No. I mean, I, I know I'm from Spartanburg, so I know Wade's, the Beacon, Ike's, <laughs> Greasy Spoons and Meat and Threes, you know. Phil and I have had a few awesome experiences at Basil's before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember Basil's? Boy, yeah. <laughs> Basil's is good. Uh, peppercorn uh, filet that was good peppercorn yeah. filet was off the sh- <laughs> chain um but you know Spartanburg's kind of known for that greenville's got the downtown or whatever but columbia's barbecue man barbecue you know i think that's uh if you start thinking about you know your palmetto pig you got uh yeah i don't know look man i don't know if hudson's is still out in lexington or not because it's been a while right <laughs> but uh little pigs barbecue i mean out on uh near blue cross I mean, there's a lot of good barbecue spots in Columbia, but Billy G's, that sauce, man, unbelievable. I spent too much time talking about it. I'm going to get hungry here in a second. So, uh, yeah. but Marion, <laughs> honestly, I'm, I'm getting some. So remind me in a couple of weeks, Marion, just because you're a loyal listener and a great member of the chat box, uh, I'll send you out some barbecue sauce uh, as soon as I get it. Uh, Brad says we addressed the Elliot tampering thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just not true. Uh, or it's old news. I mean, I, I heard Georgia State was not happy. I mean, we, we I think we reported that. So uh, Quantrell says, do you think Jimmy Lindsay will end up being our best recruiter on staff? I think he's had a hell of a run. Yeah, he's doing um, it. <laughs> and he's done a good job. And, you know, sometimes it's not the guys that uh, have all this experience uh, recruiting at, at the Power Five. It's the guys coming up from another level. You know, Jimmy was at Illinois for one year. Other than that, it's like he's been at the Furmans and Chattanoogas of the world. Uh, and was at Western Kentucky with uh, Clayton White. Uh, but it's it's the guys that get the opportunity to go in and get it done. He's got connections to the Carolinas. Uh, and, and and some of these D linemen that he's getting this year, he's been working on it for two years. So uh, he, he's a guy that really can relate to young people uh, and all that. So um, uh, it could end up that he is. It, 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 amazingly, Quantrell, if you were just looking at it right now, you would rank uh, the recruiters on the staff. Marcus Satterfield, Greg Atkins, and Jimmy Lindsay would be your top three. And and Satterfield and Atkins' position struggled last year. So it's not, sometimes the guys you want to run out of town. Uh, and this is kind of a new thing at Carolina because I, I know some, some coaches that deserve to be fired that were, that couldn't recruit their way out of a paper bag nor coach well, uh, that got, got, you know, got punted. But but these guys, you know, I mean, for as much criticism as they took last season for the O-line and the offense, you know, they were recruiting their butts off. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Kalunda says, should Carolina Rise Inc. an NIL deal with the artist formerly known as Sir Big Spur Spur for naming rights? <laughs> I don't know. We, we well we we have a we have an NIL collective here and uh, it's called Carolina Rise, and we have eight football players, a basketball player, and a chicken. <laughs> Where the hell did the chicken come from? That's South Carolina. Uh, Matt says vitamin D. I need one. Um, uh, Mike Morgan was fantastic. People are saying it feels like we need more skill players next recruiting class. It's a tragedy. Nick Harbor won't get to see the lights versus Georgia. 
That's 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 tough, you know. But hey, look, here's the thing with the Georgia game being a new kickoff. It's been a new kickoff twice in the last 15 years. Carolina's won both times. They, yep. they won in 2010 in Columbia. They won miraculously in 2019 <laughs> in Athens. So Mary's from Somerville. Queasy says Lyman Cafe. Mm. Lyman a, Cafe. This neck of the woods, isn't it? Next to Taylor's Auto Sales. Next to Taylor's Auto Sales. So uh, call it the Cocky Talk chat line. Yeah, it's, uh, Cocky Talk mm-hmm. used to be a website, right? Uh, Chase says, do you think Freddie Kitchens will take over? Satterfield gets fired. I'm not I'm not pulling for that, right? Because if Satterfield gets fired or somebody gets fired mid-season, um, that means things have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, we got bigger things to worry yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mary says, Duke's barbecue is good down in Somersville. Uh, Summer, Somerville, not Somersville. God, JC, Lord. Uh, he said, yeah, Brian says, I'm sure you've mentioned this, so forgive me. Are you coming down for any games? I, yeah, I don't know which ones yet. Uh, I know I'm going to Kentucky at Kentucky. I've already booked that. Uh, my friend Rod, my friend Margo, fiance, we're we're heading to Lexington. Yep. Uh, hopefully with hair down to my ass and we're 5-0. and up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now, or That's there 5-0. Right. Um, we have yet to solidify any plans for our trips this year. Yeah, uh, Daniel says, listen, for more South Carolina, it, it, Daniel's uh, uh, texted in from the 29369. How about that? <laughs> I uh, I think it's 29369. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, had a, I had a Moore address for a while. Moore is like a big plot of land, uh, kind of between Spartanburg and Roebuck. Uh, it's uh, sort of District 6, uh, District District five, district six, two ninety, the two ninety corridor. Mm. Uh, you go from downtown Duncan to Walnut Grove Plantation, and you go through more. <laughs> so it, it, it's awesome. So uh, there's that. So thanks for the Nanosport Nanosports chat box for exploding this morning. We'll get to the IL Consulting mailbag again. Hour number one brought to you by Cindy Sear Falls. Caldwell Banker Kane, we uh, we have uh, an exciting announcement coming up, Phil. Here in uh, about five days, we got oh, a new a new advertiser. That's right, got a new sponsor. Something we can have a little uh, fun with. <laughs> yeah. So Cocky says, "Good Lord, I'm going to not have to listen to the show if you're going to make nil comments on Sir Big Spur." Uh, I almost fell out of my seat. Is everything I do literally not laugh out loud? <laughs> Queasy says you would not recognize more now. Probably not. No, uh, probably not. But next time I'm in town, maybe maybe if I come in town, I'll fly into GSP. Uh, you know, hook up, go go take that uh, take that left on 85, get off on exit 63 on my way to Columbia, and take a little shortcut. How about that, Phil? Take a peek. Yeah, man. Take a peek. All right, so we've. Uh, flown through the first half hour and said absolutely nothing um <laughs> thank like god of segments yeah <laughs> thank god thank god chris phillips is coming off <laughs> uh he's gonna bring the heat but we're gonna ask him about the sir big spur situation and, and to get his take i'm sure he knows or, or has a take on it um and we'll ask him also about uh shane beamer's press conference uh Moving on up to game week. Uh, I, I do want to ask him about the lights, too, because he said some really good stuff, guys. Go uh, follow the Spurs Up show on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Chris and, and and his crew there, they do a great, great job of just putting up stuff uh, on those channels that, that Gamecock fans want to see. 
Mm -hmm. Bottom line, I mean, it, it does a great job uh, putting stuff up uh, for, um, you know, that Gamecock fans want to see. So I'll, I'll, I'll have him also talk about that. Marion also chimes in. Stepson lives in Moore. He's the chaplain at Burns. Rebels. Oh, all right. No, 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 no. That's Burns. I'm a, I'm a Burns rebel, by the way, guys. Everybody, everybody that knows me knows that. But anyway, all right, guys. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I've talked long enough. We'll be back after these messages. Uh, Chris Phillips spurs up show coming up for his weekly chat with us. Uh, certainly looking forward to it. And we'll be back uh, with Chris after this. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina 
very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. All right, back to uh, Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I like that. That was kind of that wasn't bad. Didn't do bad there. Uh, Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show joins us today on Hump Day. And Chris, uh, how you doing, man? You getting uh, pumped up? Yeah, I'm doing well. I was just gonna say, man, I uh, I like your Spurrier impression there. I, that was a that was a nice segue back into the show. I like that a lot. So yeah, I, it's, uh, it's, it's listen, it's it's never a bad time for an HBC impersonation. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, really. It's really like okay, so I had it. I had a Spurrier impersonation for years, <laughs> and it's actually like I, I'm a I'm kind of a fraud on it because. <laughs> I'm actually impersonating James Bates, impersonating Steve Spurrier. Fair J- Fair Bates, enough. he has like this different yeah. thing where he goes, "I ah, shoot. He's a real high pitch. Oh, gosh, shoot. You know? And uh, so I'm actually impersonating him impersonating Spurrier. But anyway, <laughs> I, I thought it was good. Um, Chris, going to hit you right away with the poll question. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, – I'm surprised that there's it, the poll's gone this way today. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would win in a death stare contest, Frank Martin or Will Muschamp? Wow. That's mm. enough, isn't it? I mean, I, Frank's gonna, running gonna, away with it. Yeah, I'm going to side with Frank. I think Frank's running away with it, though, because if people have to pick one of the two, they're going <laughs> to pick, pick Frank me. Martin, right? Like, I, I kind of <laughs> fall in the same category. I will say, though, yeah, I would have to go Frank Martin. Because, I mean, Will Muschamp's intimidating, but Frank Martin's, like, scary. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, he's a scary human being. Yeah, you you, yeah. you kind of look at the eyes and the, you know, it's yeah, like an yeah, abominable yeah. snowman. And he stuff stares and right through you, like yeah, like right yeah. into yeah. your soul. Yelling at you, but Frank is yelling at you with his eyes. It has, it has Frank's, to be, yeah, Frank's yeah. a different level. Frank's yeah. a different level. Right, right, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, my thing. I, I'll probably go with Frank just because if if Frank. Frank would be more intimidating silently. With Muschamp, you just kind of know he's about to boil over and get you're gonna you're gonna get yelled at uh, and all that good stuff. Um, you know, so yesterday Shane Beamer had his press conference. It's kind of dress rehearsal week. Yeah. Uh, you know, your kind of take on you know I, I know Christian Beal Smith is probably the and Kai Kroger, which is probably Kai, Kai is probably the most significant injury right now. But there's Bill Smith. Uh, you know, I, we've kind of talked about it, but. You know, there's a lot of depth at running back on this team, and there's some younger guys. Lavasia Carroll's had a good camp. Turbo, little Turbo Miller is had a good camp. So, uh, you know, uh, kind of your uh, impressions of, of what's going to happen at running back while Bill Smith's kind of shelved here the first few games. 
Yeah, I was going to say, JC and Phil, why would you push him? You know, this is a guy that's yeah. a veteran. I mean, he led yeah. Wake Forest in rushing last year. This is not his first rodeo, if you will. So, um, I think there's no need, obviously, to push Bill Smith. I mean, ideally, you're in a position, you know, we're – you know, I think rightfully so. We're giving Georgia State all the credit they deserve, and Sean Elliott going to have his team ready to play. But realistically, over the course of that football game next weekend, you feel like, at least you hope, South Carolina should be able to get a push up front and, and should be able to open some holes for the running backs, no matter who's toting the football. So I think it'll be a good opportunity for guys like Marshawn Lloyd to get going. Obviously, you mentioned like Lamassier Carroll, Juju McDowell, Turbo, if you will. Maybe Rashad Amos, that was somebody Shane Beamer mentioned yesterday, too. So, you know, Beal Smith's a guy you don't really worry about in regards to maybe he's not a guy that necessarily needs as many carries as some others to get going because he's done this before and he's a veteran. You feel like when he's ready to play, he's going to play and play at a high level. And he's going to at least give you that consistency, right? He's going to be a guy you know exactly what you're getting when he steps on the field. Um, so he's a guy, again, why would you push him against Georgia State? Obviously, Kai Kroger being out, you uh, – you would hope we're not punting a whole lot week one. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I mean, that's 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 significant. I would agree with you. But hopefully we will not miss his services. I mean, you would hope it's not a six or seven type of punt game for Carolina. Um, but outside of that, man, I, I think the biggest thing, biggest news was hearing that Marshawn Lloyd's okay. And I know everybody freaked out after the first scrimmage and everything. So hearing the positives on the injury front, I mean, obviously Chad Terrell, it sucks to hear the news about him and you – you just feel for that kid, man. A third torn ACL. That just, I mean, that's that's almost mm. hard, hard to fathom. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just how how does bad luck strike you in that type of way? But uh, oh, it's tough. It yeah, I, I'm, I'm uh, you know, when, when you know, it's it's the old adage in sports. One guy goes down, there's an opportunity for somebody else to step up. And so I, I feel, you know, I, I'll say this with a guy like Bill Smith. Like I said, I just don't worry because he is a veteran. He's done this before. Once sure. he's ready to go, he'll be back. He'll be good. Uh, now it's an opportunity for other guys to step up. Maybe we see a little bit more Lavoisier Carroll than otherwise we would have. And and I'm excited. I mean, again, there's guys, you know, we, we there's so many question marks and so many things to prove in that room. I mean, even with like a guy like Juju McDowell, like we feel like we know mm -hmm. about him, but how is he utilized? Uh, maybe this is a chance for Marshawn Lloyd to get the bulk of the carries and set the tone for his season. And then again, Carroll, Amos, you know, a little turbo, if you will, maybe a Nathan Harris Wainick. I mean, you never know. And yeah. the good news is, again, is you're playing a Georgia State that, you know, over the long haul of the game, like I said, you feel like you should be able to open some holes because Georgia State, you look, you know, we've given them a lot of credit because of Sean, the Sean Elliott factor and the physicality, but they weren't great on defense last year. Mm. So South Carolina should be able to have some success both through the air and on the ground. And so I'm excited to see those guys and just see who kind of emerges out of that running back room, at least coming out of week one. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I'm a I, – I, I sit there and I kind of look at it, Chris, and I'm like, well, you know, based on what I've heard out of practice. And, and uh, you know, when, when they signed Miller or they got Miller to come walk on from, from Columbia, I was like, well, you know, nice addition, maybe special teams. But, you know, from what I've heard, this guy's got vision. Uh, he's a lot like Juju McDowell, but in a straight line would probably win in a race right. against Juju. Probably not as quite as elusive uh, as Juju and and, and savvy. But, uh, you know, I, and, and I'm with you. You know, if Bill Smith has to sit, why not get him healthy yeah. uh, and get him ready to roll and, and get back out there? And, and, and I, I think that just in Gamecock land in general, you know, the, the Marshawn Lloyd news about him being healthy and practicing – was a welcome development. I mean, that's a guy you pull for, right? I oh, mean, yeah. he's yeah. a he's a great kid. He works his butt off. He's just had some unfortunate things happen. And you mentioned Chad Terrell, man. I I hated it because I, I thought Chad was probably in the portal, you know, yeah. leaving. And yeah. he found a home at tight end. 
in the spring and had the big play in the spring game, and then boom, here we go a third ACL. That yeah, just sucks. Awful, that man. sucks for that kid. But how fortunate um, are we, you know, year over year, looking at this point last year, that the only guy we're really worried about is our punter being hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a nice change. It's a nice change of pace, and we're yeah. also not worried about when uh. You know, uh, DJ Wanham, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. does whatever. And, you know, you got a coach saying, well, we think he might play Saturday. He's out for six weeks. It's like, well, right. <laughs> I'll never forget. I'll never forget that, dude. It's like, all right. Yeah, that one, the Xavier Leggett thing yeah. got me because it was like uh, this big, long COVID delayed year, right? And right. Xavier's, the you know, everybody's talking about how you have one receiver. Xavier's kind of the number two. He's kind of coming on. All of a sudden, he disappears. And you're like, well, he's just probably not that good, right? Or he probably did something to piss somebody off. Or uh, And then Bobo finally takes over. And finally, somebody asks in the media about Xavier, right? This is six weeks later. And he goes, oh, yeah, good player. Unfortunately, he's been out for the season since the Vanderbilt game. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, we, we could we could go off on a whole other tangent, spend uh, like 30 minutes talking about this, but you know, there's, there's no injury reports, and you don't have to say anything in gamesmanship, but you just don't make a whole lot of friends within your fan base when mm, – Not, you know not I mean? with that blatantly, not right, that blatantly. Right, not that know? blatantly. And look, I'm not, I'm not saying – Beamer, you know, Beamer's not like an NFL guy that gives you a detailed injury report right, 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 right. every week, but uh, it's a lot different than the he's got a knee or – He's got an ankle, or uh, he's got a foot. He's got two of them. Well, you know, he's got two. Okay, so I want to get your take on this this uh, this bird controversy. Is it? I, I I don't know. I just I wish it would kind of go away. Um, and, and uh, just to kind of explain to our audience here that the the owners of Sir Big Spur, the the live mascot, apparently sold the bird or gave the bird to somebody else, and. That person doesn't want to do something with the comb on the bird and because it's bad for the bird. And so the, the person that gave the bird away is saying, you can't use the name of the bird, Sir Big Spur, anymore. So now they're calling it just the mascot. I, I, what, what do you make of all is, this? is a South Carolina. This is one of those South Carolina things. That, uh, I'm like, don't, yeah, nobody wants to be told what to do. Everybody's, you know, they're, yeah. so. What's kind of your take on this right now? Because I, I keep seeing it come up. I, you know, it, it, and then it came up again because they changed the social media pages to the mascot. And I'm like, oh Lord, have mercy. I mean, what, what what's your take on all that? And, and and I'll start with this: the the handlers of Sir Big Spur, which we're still calling the mascot, the Big mascot Spur right now, right. whatever. Uh, I know Van and Beth personally, and good, both great people, fantastic mm-hmm. people. I mean, there have been nothing but. Great. Uh, yeah. Now these are the uh, new the new handlers. The new handlers. The yes. new Van, handlers. Van okay. and Beth. Yes. I've actually got a a hand drawn art piece in my studio of, of Sir Big Spur and different parts oh, of the campus. And it, it's incredible, incredible. They're great people. Um it comes off as childish, petty, just silly. I mean, that's I don't know how else you can phrase it, man. I mean, I, I understand maybe the original folks who had the Sir Big Spur name, they have a preference for how the bird but they're not handling the bird. So like like they they to some degree and, and to hold out on the name because of one little like, dude, you're not just affecting the handlers or the mat, you're affecting the entire university. Like put your Put your swords down. Put that, to the, put that to the side, because having going on social media and seeing 
mascot. It's just it reminds me of when I was a freshman at Newberry and we were transitioning from the Indians to the Wolves. Well, there was a year or two period where there was no mascot. It was just Newberry. The Newberry ends. The Newberry ends. So, I mean, it's it's just it's just silly. Like what? And what are you going to call it? I, I just. It feels like 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 just a, a, a middle school fight, you know what I mean? Just a childish fight. <laughs> I, I hope they come to a resolution sooner rather than later. Because I mean, guys, kickoffs in ten days. We need a name for our mascot. Yeah. You know I mean? So just, I, it's just I don't know, man. I, I, I've I've followed along with it. I've almost tried to stay away from it though because it just feels so childish and so petty. And I and I, and I feel bad again for for Van and Beth. And I I don't want to like throw shade on the original owners, but. I just can speak on that I know Van and I know Beth, and they're fantastic people. They're huge Gamecock fans. Obviously, they only have the best interest of USC in mind. Um, so I, I just think all parties need to come together, sing Kumbaya, and let's, let's yeah. let the big spur continue to live on with all its glory. So Exactly, man. I'm like, you know, it's, it's not your bird anymore. But, you know, and look, I'll be honest, big spur is actually, and I know I've got a website called The Big Spur, Um Big Spur is actually like the old before there was cocky. There was Big Spur, right? And it wasn't a live mascot. It was this freaky. I don't know if you guys have ever looked at mascots from like the sixties and seventies. They're terrifying. <laughs> they're they're terrifying. Uh, but Big Spur was this big, gigantic, weird-looking chicken and uh, or a rooster, and uh, that was the that was the gamecock mascot before yeah. there was cocky. And yeah. so so nobody's really got like. The, the corner market on that particular uh, right. name, Big yeah. Spur, you know, and it's, uh, I don't know, man. It's just, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm with you. I'm like, I, I just wish this thing. Like, what what else are you going to name the mascot? What what uh, else are you going to name it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just, You can't just call it mascot. It no, has to have a name. Yeah, no, I right. mean. And, and, and that name's been around and associated with South Carolina mascots for 50 years, you know, so. Uh, you know, they should it, really... like you, like you said, by the way, JC, at the beginning, you're right. This is just such a South Carolina thing. Oh uh, like, yeah. I, we don't I love USC. You love USC. Phil loves USC. But if we are being honest, it's, it's a... just so many times we just, we struggle to get these little things right. And then we wonder why we struggle to do big things. Like we can't even name the mascot and agree on it. You, we you, we can't it. even get the garnet color correct half the time. Oh my god! Like, yeah, yeah, don't even get I mean, it's just absurd. Don't even start it on the garnet. Dude. And then the we garnet. wonder why why are we not winning SEC championships? Can we get the uniforms right first? <laughs> I, I mean, I blame Under Armour for. Well, I don't. It's hard to blame Under Armour, but it, you know, because because. Uh, Russell didn't get it right either back in the day. And I, mean, I remember Spurrier got there. He's like, "What's this Russell Athletic? Why don't we shoot? Why don't we?" Well, I switched to Nike, you know, and say, you know, shoot, I, you know, Russell Athletic, gosh, Spurrier wouldn't even wear the hat. He Spurrier got his own visors and and signed his name to them. And that takes that takes guts right there to wear a hat with your signature on it, man. Yeah. You know, hey. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, he wouldn't even wear it. And the garnet garnet's all over the map. I mean, like 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 I, I'm buying gear and stuff for Carolina Rises and selling it and stuff. And and our graphics guy got the garnet right on our logo. But I'm terrified to get garnet shirts because the first thing that's going to happen is, man, that garnet ain't right. That's maroon. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I, I can tell you, as someone that produces merch, it's, it's yeah. I feel like we do a good job with the garnet, but you, you have do. to. You, but you just, but honestly, though, you have to just. I think it's almost more so widely accepted that like, 
It's an imperfect thing. I, maybe it's Garnet. Maybe it's not us. Or maybe it is us. I don't know. Because, like, I have koozies that are a little bit more like that, that 04, 05 Russell Athletic, that deep yeah. Garnet. Yeah. And then we've got these comfort colors Garnets that are like a washed Garnet. Then you got this Cranberry is what American Apparel calls. It's just all over the place. Cranberry. You, you, just, you just do the best you can and keep well, it moving, man. And, and like, there's you know like, what it is what it is. There's like – now with Oklahoma coming into the league, I think there's like half the SEC is some sort of variation of red – why don't we just emphasize Dude, we, the, the black? The emphasize thing. the we, black. You know, we could spend this entire because I got a buddy of mine. Shout him out, Justin. He, we talk uniforms for hours. I, like, <laughs> he's always said. He's always said, "Why don't we just go with black as the default?" I mean, I mean, I, well, the only Vandy and Missouri, more at least use black more. Yeah, Vandy and Missouri are the only two that. Uh, that emphasize yeah. the black, you know, so. And everybody um, else wants to wear black. I mean, look at Tennessee. So it's like, I'm not saying we're all black every game, but. You know, no, yeah, but we're, yeah. I would have black, yeah. Back in the, uh, the Joe Morrison era, um, it, it's kind of funny because the year of black magic, South Carolina in 84, wore predominantly garnet the whole right. year, which is weird. Uh, and then, uh, but then the in la- later years, like 87, 88, it was the black jersey, the, right. the garnet helmet. And I thought that was that, 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 but it kind of a lot of, a lot of it also depends on when you grew up. I mean, and uh, when, when you kind of became a Gamecock fan, everybody's got an affinity for those uh, uniforms. So, um, so, you know, from practice, here's something encouraging. Uh, and and we, we're going to talk this position to death, and, and it's one of those things where it's an issue until it's not. Right. Um, offensive line. Um, you know, from what I've been told uh, based on practice, these guys are coming together, and you, you got to combine 139 starts on the roster. That's what you want, I think, for an offensive line. Uh, people are, are talking up Jovan Gwynn, um, and, and that'll be good because I, I've been a little disappointed uh, in, in some aspects of his game the last couple of years, I had high hopes for him coming in, but I'd love nothing more than to see him, you know, have a great year and go to the NFL because he's a great kid and, and, and all that. But, you know, your take on um, maybe this is the year that they have a, an uptick on offensive line play. I don't think it's ever going to be perfect, right. but uh, just kind of based on camp, you know, I, I have some hope there. Your thoughts on the offensive line position. Well, I mean, yeah, JC, there's just no excuse this year. You know, we talked offensive line earlier this week, and I, I graded them a D plus. But I was very clear to say that going into the season, sitting here right now, that's what I grade them at. I expect them to play better. They better play better than that, bottom mm. line. Yeah. I mean, I, I think where I – because there's guys you look at – I mean, I look at these individual players. There's a lot of guys on the offensive line that individually have played good football. But as a unit last year, right, it was just terrible. I'm just hoping that year two in the system, everybody being, like you said, on the same page, uh, you know, what was it? This is the first time in three years South kind of enters a season with the same offensive coordinator. Back to back. I mean, you got to give credit. That is a lot to deal with and overcome. Different verbiage, different calls. I mean, it's just like learning a new language practically. So, and, and that's the thing I think, at least for me, I, I can live with, hey, you play a Georgia, you get beat off the edge, tip your cap. The guy's a really good player, right? You, you play the A&Ms, the Clemsons, the whoever's, right? They're going to – defense is going to win sometimes. You're going to win sometimes. Oh, yeah. But what we saw last year with not knowing which direction to go and, and it just looking like a complete mess, that's where you lose me. So, I think as long as you're doing that, obviously the offensive line is going to improve. And, again, it's so baffling. You know, last year we went into the year – I mean, guys, I graded the offensive line going into the last season a B plus, and they didn't play anywhere near Ooh. that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we all thought, you know, coming off 2020, you know, you, you lead the SEC, you have the leading SEC rusher, <laughs> yeah. if you will. And 
Um, so I, I'm expecting, I'm not, I'm trying to set realistic expectations. You know, I said 25 sacks or less and four yards per carrier greater. And I don't even think those are crazy lofty expectations. I think that'd just be having a pretty, pretty average O line. But if you do that, God, you're going to give your offense a chance to score a lot of points. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to temper expectations because I do have high hopes for this group. There's a lot of guys, like I said, individually that have played good football, but will it all come together on the field? Will they come together as a unit? Because I think what's so tough, guys, we've talked a lot about, you know, this, this fan base has scar tissue. We have scar tissue. The rug was pulled out from under us so bad last year when we all expected the O-line to be a strength. And, I mean, not only was it not a strength, it was, <laughs> it was, it was the deficiency. It was the yeah. weakness of this football team. Yeah, I was like scratching my head. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I've seen these guys all play well. Um, you know, and and, and right. even uh, and I know there wasn't a lot of defense played in college football in 2020. Right. Let's be honest, but you know these guys. You know, like a guy like Jalen Nichols uh, came in as a true freshman and started at right tackle at Georgia, held his own. All of a sudden, he, he's at guard and doesn't look like you know he doesn't look like he knows how to play yeah. football. They finally moved him back to tackle, and I thought that was a big move. Uh, that kind of solidified I mean, the, it. The, the good news, the year, JC, but... is this: there are reasons this line should be better, right? Greg yes. Atkins is healthy yeah. and back in the room. Year two mm-hmm. of the system, steady experience, hand, quarterback, yeah. tons of experience. So there are reasons to point to why the line will be better. Again, I don't think they'll be the 2020 form. I certainly don't think they'll be as bad as last year. I think the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. But dude, if they're a middle of the pack SEC offensive line. That's good enough. We yeah. got guys. That's good enough. Yeah, just give, just give keep, them some space, man. Right, yeah, give, right. give them some space. Just, just don't allow. Don't 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 uh, watch guys run past you, and we'll be yeah. fine. It's like Spurrier say, just just shoot, just give them a few seconds, just hold them I, up. Well, hey, one of my favorite Spurriers is when he said, "Yeah, we're we're just magnets to blockers. We're just magnets to blockers. Magnets <laughs> <laughs> to blockers. We need He's some guys awesome. be magnetized to our blockers. That's what we yeah, need. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I have some hopes there, and um, you know, I. I I think there is something to be said for three systems in three seasons because oh, uh, yeah. what BMAC was doing on offense was a lot different than what a lot different than what Bobo does. Bobo's got a kind of his own thing, especially with the blocking scheme. And then Satterfield came in and wanted to do something completely different. Yeah. And it's you know I, I get it, I get it. It, it so, makes me glad they brought Sat back. I, I know that was highly controversial, and many fans wanted him gone. And listen, when you finish 116th in offense. The OC should get the heat, right? Or he should get some of it at least. But like you said, man, you got to have some continuity. I mean, it's just you yeah. can't keep you can't keep asking guys. I mean, you just can't keep changing OCs like underwear year after year and and, and expect to get better on the offensive side. It's just not going to happen. So I, I agree with you there. And I, I was in the uh, change needed to come right. uh, category last yeah. year, but the, you know, this is why I'm not a head coach because <laughs> you know it's uh it, it you know the head coach made that decision and Chris exactly you nailed it exactly what you just said. Uh, I think it had a lot to do with it. You know, that and the fact that first year in the system, four different quarterbacks, injuries, that kind of thing. Yeah. But you look at this program and you look at these guys and, and how many different, uh, you know, you're going to tear it down and start over yet again. You know, yeah. three times. I, I thought times too, JC, years. it was, I thought too, JC, it was a genius play for, for Shane Beamer because I feel like if you would have changed OCs after year one, let's say you go get another guy, let's say he's a name, but let's just say the offense wasn't good again for some reason no. well now the narrative is going to go from the oc sucks to to shane beamer not yeah. know offensive yeah. football can he yeah. identify so and like i i know that's obviously not what he was thinking but at least this year now if the offense doesn't work there is kind of a fall guy i mean i hate to say that but it's like 
you know, we're not going to point at Beamer and say, you know, you're not putting the must champ label on him, right? Oh, he's just yeah. his team. His teams are bad offensively. So yeah, for you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. lack of you know, experience narrative. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, again, I'm sure he's not thinking of it that way. But I thought from that vantage point, I'm like, you know, if he makes this move, the next OC better work. You know what I mean? Well, if it doesn't, they're going to start turning the combo to, well, maybe he can't, maybe he can't yeah. identify an OC and can't. You know, doesn't know offensive football. Yeah, and I think you only have so many bullets in the chamber if you're a head coach. Right, that, right. You know, before it comes right. back on you. And, it, right. and, I, and I'll say this, too. Shane, uh, his dad, is was a model of consistency and a guy that's like, okay, you just stay consistent, don't panic, and things will work out. And it did at Virginia Tech. And uh, so I, I see, you know, I mean – uh, I, I see the situation. I was probably, you know, man, I hope I'm dead wrong. I was dead wrong about Marcus Satterfield last year. I hope he's, everybody's talking about him going back to the NFL as a coordinator or uh, coordinator of the year. And he's, he's making seven figures after that. You know, I think he's recruiting well. And I think yeah. on paper, when you listen to him and you, you kind of break it down and start thinking about what exactly in theory he's trying to do, it's smart. I mean, it, it's smart. It's just, I don't know. Uh, I don't know last year, like, if teaching it was uh, the, the issue or if it's just a revolving door personnel or what. All right, so, Chris, I, we'll wrap it up with Chris Phillips and the Spurs Up show. I was telling everybody today, uh, for those that are in my audience that may not be as familiar uh, with your social media channels, uh, I was telling everybody, th- those social media channels for the Spurs Up show, your Twitter, your Instagram, your Facebook, your YouTube, it just constantly has things Gamecock fans want to see. Okay, that's that's the best way I can describe it. I find myself looking at it. Can, can you just tell everybody kind of where to go follow yeah. uh, the Spurs Up show on, on all those channels because, uh, man, it's really good stuff. And uh, I think that's this is the best way to describe it. Things Gamecock fans want to see. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's at the Spurs Up Show everywhere. It, you know, I made it consistent across the board at the Spurs Up Show, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, even TikTok. Um, TikTok. You know, d- d- yeah, even TikTok. Yes, even Sweet. even throwing out even throwing out the clips on TikTok. But uh, yeah, daily content, like you mentioned, man, video, graphics. We dropped the Great podcast stuff. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, daily Crow, obviously, noon to two, which we're about to jump into here. Facebook, yeah. YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, noon to two, Monday through Friday, they're taking questions, comments, calls, sort of like this. Um, I'm trying to think. We've also got a store, TSUS.store. We produce merchandise. Just you like QB1. Uh, yeah, that, that hat? Is so big there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's there. Man. It's there. Uh, yeah, Beamer my, Ball, uh, Beamer Rattler, everything you can think of. So, yeah, just at the Spurs Up Show. And then thespursupshow.com. We've also got a website. So, uh, anywhere, anywhere you can think, man, we're basically there. So, anywhere, anywhere you get content. <laughs> It's great stuff, man. It's just really yeah, stuff. Game up as one and I like that hat. I'm gonna um, get my fiance. We gotta get you one, JC. JC, yeah, and Phil, we gotta that. get you guys. We gotta I, I hook you that. up. I need that. All right, bro. Well, hey, we'll talk to you next week, Chris. It'll be game week, man. Uh, looking Dude. forward to our segment tomorrow, boys. I appreciate it. Take care. Hey, Y'all have a great Chris. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show joining us. It's always fun to talk to him. And like I said, you know, if you're a Gamecock fan uh, and you're on social media. I, you know, it's just stuff Gamecock fans like. They got little highlights. He does a countdown, man. So many big plays from years past. Uh, just kind of brings back uh, memories. Uh, Anthony, <laughs> Anthony does say I'm funny, and I'll, 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 from the Nana Sports chat box, he says, I became a fan in the Holtz era, early 2000. And I assure you, I do not have an affinity for the Russell Athletics uniforms. No, those those were red, man. I mean, yeah, they like, were all red. Hurt my eyes. I was like, oh god. So, anyway, uh, mm-hmm. we will get more from the Nana Sports chat box in a minute. Uh, will Muschamp is not 
responding on uh, on this poll here. <laughs> he's uh, he's not. Um, He's uh he's oh man it's it's gotten worse Phil on Twitter ninety one percent for Frank Martin eight point one percent and Alex on uh, Twitter says Frank Martin hands down that stare is mafia about to make you disappear scary and then somebody goes Will can't even win that. <laughs> And I, I love Daddy O in the chat hey, box too. Is like, yeah. he's like Frank was a bouncer. He'd stomp. He's not He was, he was, he was a bouncer. Is like Frank was a teacher. I live with one. I know what that looks like. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> love you, baby. <laughs> love, love you, baby. <laughs> On that note, we got to get the top of the hour break. This is. Uh, Inside the Gamecocks, the show on a hump day. We got Jamie Bradford coming up. Bottom of the next hour, we'll return after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast, Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. 
Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Let's say you need catering. You need a food truck. You just need to get some delicious food to feed some people. Nana's Porch is the place for you. I've known Chris, the owner, for years now. Uh, They helped with the Big Spur Golf Tournament. Uh, catering it. It was delicious. I highly encourage you uh, to go visit nanasporch.com. That's nanasporch.com right now uh, to take a look at their services, their menu items, everything you may need for your event, the professionalism, the food, the taste. uh, It's unrivaled uh, in this space. 336-259-7550 is the phone number. Or again, Go to nanasports.com. Uh, we talk about them all the time. They uh, sponsor the chat line here on the podcast, but uh, wanted to tell you about it right here, straight from JC. Tell them JC sent you, uh, and please support this Gamecock-owned and operated business. Also a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is JC's fiance Nat. Life is all about making sacrifices. I now sleep next to the human troll doll. I'm taking one for the team. Go Gamecocks. Now back to JC and Phil. She is Welcome back, everybody. Yes, she is definitely definitely taking one for the team with this hair, man. Human <laughs> troll doll. Hey, that, that kind of looks uh, looks snazzy there, I think. Yeah, you know. Ah, man, it's getting all gray, you know. Uh, Brian says, what the hell is this, an infomercial? Jeez. Brian. Um, all right, so 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 I'll ask you. You know, if you guys want us to go do more breaks and like maybe two in an hour with shorter breaks, I can do that. But um, if uh, you know, just depends on what you guys want. You're the audience. Uh, you know, we have to run ads, so that's uh, that's the deal there. I, I know they go long, but uh, we try to just kind of do uh, three in the whole show for two hours and uh, get them out of the way and, and all that. But uh, all that good stuff. Um, Nana, it's easier to use the restroom. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got to get up here to the bathroom too sometimes. And if you, if you, you know, maybe you've we've had some Mexican food or some, you know, Indian food or something, and uh, you know, you can uh, you can take an extended break there. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. Um, gonna have Jamie Bradford coming up bottom of the hour uh, for his Wednesday conversation with us. It's always fun. Of course, Jamie got in on Friday from the mountains of North Carolina and uh, talked with us about uh, Monty Lee coming back um, to the South Carolina baseball program. Big stuff happening uh, there with baseball, uh, with him coming back. And, you know, I'm an improved roster for this year. Um, we'll talk to John Whittle and everybody else about baseball when the time's right. Of course, every, everybody cares. You know, it's football time right now, right? Uh, and so we're uh, – you know, we'll be fired it up. Uh, and he said he clicked on right at the beginning of the ad. Brian did. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you can't, if you come in there, you're probably like, oh, well, uh, what is this? Three um, minutes of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, it's inside the Gamecocks, uh, the show. The, yeah. I help consulting 
mailbag. There's two ways to get in the mailbag. You can tweet too at the Big Spur Pod. Please follow that account on Twitter if you're not already. We stream on Twitter for those of you that prefer streaming on Twitter. We also stream on YouTube, which is kind of the preferred method and also Facebook. Um, and so we're going to get the iHealth Consulting mailbag right now. It's always been uh, a big part ever since I was just doing this before Phil came on board, before it was a live show. So um, that's, uh, it's just part of what we do. Uh, Gamecock Pastor, who always uh, is a passionate tweeter and e- emailer and probably one of our biggest fans. Uh, he says he's from Lyman, right on Spartanburg, Greenville County line. Uh, I know some people in the chat box are from Lyman, Duncan, Welford. I'm from Lyman, Duncan, Welford, Burns Rebel, uh, all that good stuff. And he he said he's praying for some ministry. Uh, and he goes on to, to tweet uh, with uh, Chris and JB both on the show today. I want to know who everyone thinks is the most underrated offensive weapon this year. Ah, I'm sorry, Pastor. I should have asked Chris about that. Phil, underrated offensive weapon. No, I think we keep talking about it, but I'm 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 looking at I'm looking at two. Okay, I'm taking Xavier Leggett and Amarian Brown. Those mm. two. I think we're going to see some big stuff out of both this year, dude. I think that's a uh, those are stellar choices. Yeah, with, I'm going to quarterback play. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Nate Atkins. I like that. Yep. I think, and, and, I, and I don't know that any uh, you know people probably going to watch the games this year and go, man, JC's crazy for saying that he ain't done nothing. <laughs> Well, he's a coach's kid. yeah, he's a coach's <laughs> kid. He's just biased. There's bias. Nah, I, I'm I'm thinking blocking and kicking ass. You know, I, mean, I think that's what Nate Atkins is going to do is kick a lot of ass. How about that? Uh, this year, that's an offensive weapon in and of itself. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with him just because I, I think he's mean. <laughs> I think he's a, a tough guy. He's a strong guy, uh, and uh, Carolina. I'm not saying the team has been soft necessarily through the years, which, you know, surprising if Will Muschamp should coach and you've got a soft team. But, uh, it, uh, and you, you know, Spurrier was your coach before that. You were a tough, hard nosed team. I mean, how does that work? But, uh, you know, Spurrier's like, oh, we don't need to go out and tackle today. We just, you know, <laughs> and Muschamp's like, knock his block off, you know. And it was, anyway, so, um, Anyway, I, I think the Gamecocks do need physicality and toughness uh, in their program uh, total uh, overall. Um, and so I think Atkins is a guy at that tight end spot because, Phil, you've got Jaheim Bell. You, you, you got the Cadillacs, right? Mm-hmm. You, need, you need an F-150 uh, <laughs> in, in that room. And, and I think uh, I think Nate brings that to the table Um you know, just I don't care who his dad is, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, but that that guy, that guy will help, and and you know all that good stuff. Um, Carol, uh, Carolina faithful, cocky faithful on Twitter. And he says you could probably draw a receiver's name out of a hat and have a safe bet, depending on who you talk to. None are really getting any regional or national recognition. Even Van, I think they'll all have a good year. Just depends on who stays healthy and who gets the ball. I, I, I think that's a good point. I, I will say this. Uh, you, you don't hear a lot about Josh Van, right? Because everybody likes the shiny new thing in life, right? Oh, well, you know, Wells and, and Rucker. And, and Wells and Rucker are really good. I've heard Josh Van has been amazing this uh, this preseason camp. Uh, yeah. He has taken it up a, a level even over last year, uh, where he took it up a level 
honestly, you know, yeah. oh, nobody yeah. really saw mm-hmm. it coming. Uh, and so uh, Josh Van, I think, will look out for him. Uh, Jay Gibbs says, JC, who is the reporter that talks a million words a minute every time he asks Beamer a question? He's very quiet and talks super fast. I don't know. I don't know those guys anymore. I recognize Phil Kornblut's voice, David Cloninger's voice, Hale's voice, and Whittle's voice, and that's about it. And, well, by the way, David Cloninger will be on the show tomorrow. But uh, I, I just I hadn't been in the media room in a while. I don't think I'll ever go there again. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like all those guys. I like – I actually text Steve Fink yesterday that uh, – the promo from the, the fiance about cutting my hair because I thought he'd get a kick yeah. out of it. But, uh, you know, that's, I, I like those guys, but I'm just, that's just not where I'm at anymore. And so I don't know. I'll try to find out though. Um, but I, I don't want to make fun of anybody. You know, there are some interesting voices. Yeah, I, I'll say that when you listen to some of the conference calls. I think the chat box, I think Nana Sports chat box has an answer for us. Oh, we got, we got it. Oh, Ben Portnoy. That's Ben. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Ben, uh, we had Keith Allsup on from the Inside the Game or Locked on the Game Cross podcast yesterday. And uh, so Ben is uh, Ben's on with Keith sometimes. So it, that's probably where good. All right, recognize uh, all that. Thanks to the Nana Sports chat box, Clint, for bringing that up. So yeah, I, I, I guess if that's Ben, that's Ben. You know, it, it, it's all good uh, with that. All right, there's two ways, like I said, to get into the IELTS Consulting mailbag. Um, and the other way is inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. Uh, Mr. White says, JC, since you are on video now, would you consider breaking down highlight film of our commits and showing it to us and tell us what you like about the prospect? I think it would be really cool to see your expertise in action and hear your insights on the recruits. Well, thank you, Justin. That's very flattering. Um, I think I could maybe do that. I don't know about like our deal with uh, Huddle on 24 seven sports. If I have the rights because we stream it on YouTube and leave it on our YouTube channel, I don't know if we have, I have the rights to it, but if I do, I, I think that'd be a cool segment, Phil, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I we, saw we, um, Cam Upshaw on Twitter uh, posted a video to his own yeah. uh, page, you know, do with that kick return or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we could, we could, we could swipe that. It's fair game. Anything's fair game on Twitter. Yeah. That's my uh, thinking. Is if we can get it from there, we can put it on here. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe we, uh, maybe we, uh, maybe we pre recorded or something and then we can have an extended bathroom break or something. Or, email us uh, your own clips. <laughs> yeah. Email us your clips. <laughs> email us your clips. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do that. I love, um, I love that. Uh, uh, Clint says, does he get barbecue sauce for that? <laughs> I don't know. Man, I would be a lot of sauce. A lot of sauce. Uh, Sean says, pretty sure you're getting hacked from the infamous dating site. Uh, oh, we were, yeah, yeah the, the, the best adult dating site jumps in the Nana's porch chat box sometimes, and they're like, hey, you know. Everybody trying to get in on the action. Yeah, they're like, hey, come on, come on, come on big boy, you know, and, and all that good stuff. Uh, Phil. You know, and, and that, that was the IELTS Consulting Mailbag. So thanks for all of you that send in questions to the IELTS Consulting Mailbag. IELTS Consulting, how can I help you? By the way, hour number two is brought to you by uh, the Burgess team at Remax at the Lake. Uh, we thank them for their sponsorship, obviously. Uh, so, Phil, all right, so we, we talked with Chris about Christian Bill Smith, right? And we talked about the injuries there and, and the room being a little 
uh, or him being banged up and not rushing him back and all that. And I think it's fine. And I, and I think, you know, it, it sucks because he's a good player. You can always use him. Um, I think Carolina's got backups that, that reserves, you know, oh, like mm-hmm. it's like, it's like Braveheart, you know, we have reserves. <laughs> you know, Sire, we're going to hit our own people. Well, we have reserves. We'll hit theirs as well. Um, uh, so I, I think, you know, and, and encouraging stuff about Lavoisier Carroll, encouraging stuff about Dante Miller, you know, coming out of camp, this punter thing, though. Beamer doesn't, I'm telling you this, man. Beamer doesn't seem concerned about it. I'm concerned about it. It is. I am concerned about it because you look across the board, they've stayed injury free. You've got one of the deepest teams you've had in 10 years. Yeah. But this is the South Carolina Gamecocks we're talking about, folks. (laughs) And, and, and it would just be classic. If everything's going great and the punting was a disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that concerns me. Now, look, most of the time, and look, hey, Carolina's replacing the, the, the most prolific or guy that hit the most field goals in uh, program history. Oh, yeah. yeah, too. yeah. I mean, we don't think about that. And I think – I thought Mitch Jeter was just going to win the job, and apparently it's between him and her. Because I think that's an issue, too. Yeah, that was uh, interesting I, to see that he and Herrera were both a little closer. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you know. And so, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and look, Pete Limbo's a hell of a special teams coach, uh, you know. But sometimes kicking just is what it is. It's like golf, you know. And, and we'll talk to Meredith Taylor on Friday. Uh, <laughs> I think that'd be a good question for her. How is golf similar to place kicking? You know, you either have it or you don't. I mean, Parker White missed a bunch of kicks yeah. early. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, so that's the deal there. So I just don't, um, you know, I just don't, you know, I, 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 if I have something in the back of my mind heading into the Georgia State game, other than hopefully the offense doesn't look like a dumpster fire and they can block and run and all that good stuff and they can stop the run this year, all that good stuff, it's like, huh. That, that kicking game, you know, because it was just so solid. Like, I mean, because when you have a Parker yeah. White and a Kai Kroger, it, it's super solid. So, um, you know, I don't know. So, Matt Xavier says, oh, wow, there's some tweets we didn't get to. Okay, so everybody talked mm-hmm. about the Dylan Thompson and uh, who was the most underrated guy, um, quarterback last year. Um, I, You know, Xavier, I don't see – the tweets that I didn't get to, and I'm sorry. I'm um, to pull up the mentions from yesterday to see if I can get a yeah, few. I'm looking for some on that, but that's fine. But, Phil, I mean, I just, you know, I I think we took it for granted. You know, I think we took it for uh, yeah. the, the kicking game for granted last year. And so, you know, that that's a concern. I, I do think South Carolina in the kick return game yep. uh, are Should going be to – so, um, okay, so I, I would yeah, hope. special teams, you know, losing Parker White and, uh, you know, and now this developed injury with Kai Kroger are, are concerning. I mean, like yeah. you said, it was, and it was kind of heading into the season too, because you're replacing such a prolific, uh, you know, place kicker. Uh, how are you going to fix that? But, you know, it's yeah. like, 
who's that? Clint said it in the in the chat box. I, I love this. Yeah, feel better with Limbo and Beamer in charge of the special team. So yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you there. I, I think, um, I, you know, I, I <laughs> that's uh that's quite of uh, a uh, a duo there. Yeah, and uh, we'll uh, know whether uh, they feel comfortable with whoever is the next up punter uh, on on the first game. If we do end up having to punt, which of course we all hope we don't, but let's be realistic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, are they going to channel channel their inner Brandon Staley and just go for it every time that'll answer our question? <laughs> uh, uh, shoot, just go for it. Who wants? Nobody wants to punt. Yeah, that's right. Who wants shoot. to punt? Uh, Matt, four yards. <laughs> and Matt, Matt in the Nana Sports chat box says, I was told late last season Herrera was going to challenge for the job, and I brushed it off, but Dammy may be the guy. Yeah, and, and that's, mm-hmm. a, that's another interesting thing about kicking. You know, Miss Jeter and Kai Kroger are on scholarship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Herrera's a walk-on, I believe. Um, that's kind of – sometimes when, when you're recruiting kickers and putting your kicking game together uh, – your walk-ons uh, end up being better <laughs> than sometimes your scholarship guys. I thought Mitch Jeter when I watched him kick last year had a big leg though. I thought, I thought he yeah. was, uh, I thought he would challenge Parker White. So if Herrera is challenging Mitch, that's probably a good thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, do you remember a few years back when uh, who was it? Wozniak won the job, and he missed. <laughs> He missed a, 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 a an extra point at Missouri, and, yeah. and, and they asked must him. And the Carolina won that game, I think, thirty one thirteen. And he think just, we ever saw him again, though, did we? Didn't see him again. <laughs> didn't see him again. He was like, I guess he's not. He's like Parker White's our kicker from now on. In the yep. story, <laughs> it worked uh, out well. <laughs> so, okay, okay, so here's Xavier's. Uh, Xavier's uh, in the Nana Sports chat box. Has sent the tweet he had. He said, "I tweeted, might have gotten messed up." Should we be worried about Sat's comments about the O line needing to be unique in pass blocking? Oh, I remember this question. Mm. Uh, does it seem like I'm sitting in a tiny chair today? <laughs> you down there with Mary McCheese, man? You <laughs> literally, you know, because I'm like, like that picture of uh, I'm gonna of sit up panda. like this and look down on you. Yeah, <laughs> you, see, you, see, you see, right above my head, like over there, it's uh, that's Ron White's signature, mm. by the way, and that's usually not in the shot, so maybe I'm. I don't know. Jesus, I can just sit up a little bit here, guys. <laughs> anyway, I feel like I'm, like I'm down in a hole. Oh, hello. Hello, welcome. Oh. Um, okay, so, yeah, this is a great question, Xavier. Should we be worried about Sat's comments about the O-line needing to be unique in pass blocking and us depending on Doty to win games this year? I don't know what the hell he meant by – I mean, I guess Doty uh, pushing Rattler uh, in the room um, maybe was that – I mean, I, I, I think what he meant was, you know, everybody helps you win games, even if you don't play. Right. Yeah. So I think that's what he meant by that. Uh, sometimes sad, his comments are very interesting. If you kind of just write them down, like you hear them and you're like, oh, that makes sense. And you write them down and you go, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, and, what is he really and, trying to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unique in pass blocking. Okay. The only thing I can think about, with that is this, and I'm maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I when, when all this Los Angeles Rams stuff started, when Spencer Rattler started saying Carolina's going to run the Rams offense. Um, oh shit! Oh, shoot. Oops, excuse my language here. <laughs> uh, I just hit the microphone stand. Um, I looked it up, and I was like, okay, well, the Rams. All right. So, what exactly does Sean McVay do? You know, and and I, you know, 
I like his offense. I like uh, I like Kyle Shanahan's a little more more than uh, and you know and there was all the talk about using Gene Bell like Debo Samuel and all that and so I was like, well, maybe I'm a little more of a Shanahan guy, but. What the Rams do, they're heavy at what's called an outside zone, which is kind of a wide run. Uh, and then they run what's called duo, uh, which is a power run on the inside. Um, and then inside zone. Um, that offense requires that O-line for the Rams to get horizontal quite a bit. I don't like that. I, I don't like it. If I was a coach, I wouldn't do it. But who the hell am I to argue with Sean McVay? <laughs> you know, he won the Super Bowl, right? Uh, you know, uh, I mean, I you know, I kind of think Carolina's offensive line is better suited to just line up and, and to use a must-champism for the must-champion era. Uh, put a hat on a hat and rock. You know, I, I think, I think, I think that's why they did so well in Bobo's system is because. You know, it's that old Georgia, put your hand in the dirt and, you know, and block the Full back in there, yeah, and get it. Full <laughs> back in there. <laughs> you know? It was interesting because Luke's comments uh, yesterday with his uh, press coverage were hinting. He was talking a lot about horizontal movement and all of this, and I was a little – I got a little worried about that. You know, I just – I'm just not, you know, I mean, <laughs> like, uh, I, I love, uh, now, you, you know, know what, though, JC, that being said with the talent that we have on tight end, it may not yeah. be that big of an issue because now you've got big and majorly athletic guys out there who are willing to not only catch passes, but block. So uh, yeah. yeah, and I, I like that. I feel like your honest receivers actually blocked pretty well mm -hmm. last year. I mean, EJ Jenkins, that's kind of his game. You know, he was a uh, people, he's kind of, he was kind of underrated in that, in that area because the games toward the end where Carolina got the run game going. Uh, Zaquandre White, you watch some of his runs, he, he, he uh, busted out and you'll see EJ out there blocking the heck out of somebody. <laughs> um, of course, he's at Georgia Tech. They play Clemson. You know, it, the, the guy that really loved horizontal movement in college football that I, that we all know who he is. I mean, you know, because every the, who's the team everybody that pulls for the Gamecocks keeps up with the most besides the Gamecocks, Clemson, <laughs> of course. Clemson. Oh, yeah, that one up here, um, yeah. uh, the orange, the orange fog. Uh, well, it's it, getting thick too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet it's getting thick. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, you know, um, it, it was Rob Spence, okay, mm -hmm. who uh, unfortunately got Tommy Bowden fired. <laughs> And uh, the first thing Dabo did when he got the job was fire Rob Spence. I mean, as an interim. They just didn't even, you know, you're not staying. You're gone. And, uh, and Spence, I think, has never been, you know, a coordinator for more than a year at a place since. And, and he's just uh, – but but that's, you know, I, I, I guess it's because I liked Spurrier and, you know, Mangus uh, and, and that offense. And, and you know, I kind of like how Spurrier – the run game's kind of simplistic, but it's straightforward and all that good stuff. So, yeah. um, pure genius says we have high hopes every year, only to be disappointed. The O line was supposed to be the strength of the team last year, and look how that turned out. I, uh, I don't think I said it was going to be the strength of the team. I, th I thought they would be able to run the football. Um, but uh, I'll say this: every year is different. Uh, and if you're subscribing 
to the narrative that every year uh, everybody always says the O-line is going to be the strength of the team and it's not, then that's not true. That's something that uh, fans make up in their head. I think a lot of people don't even understand what good offensive line play is. You know, uh, They don't understand that in this league – you're going to give up tackles for loss. You're going to give up sacks. You're going to get pressure on the quarterback. It's too good of a league defensively. I mean, you're not getting around that. This is not the Big 12. This is not the Pac-12. This is not the ACC. Okay, this is the Southeastern Conference, and you're going to give up pressure. On top of all that, in the uh, we always think we have the best football players in the South, right, Phil? Oh, yeah. Not offensive linemen. No. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, coming up, though, <laughs> I'll say this, coming up in South Carolina, there's two elite offensive tackles. So it just depends, pure genius, mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, how – what you're trying to say here as far as we're going to have high hopes every year. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'll just say this. It, it gets old. Oh, every year do this, and every year it's like this, and every year – because, no, it's not. not. No two years are the same. Right. right? No two years are the same. So – uh, you know, I appreciate your your joining in on the Nana Sports chat box here, but uh, this gets the, the what gets old is not we have high hopes every year only to be disappointed. What gets old is people saying this over and over again because every year is different, right? It's not it's not the same thing every single season. Well, I think um, the narrative this year is it was like it's either now or never, guys, because you've got the experience, you've got the seniority. That's the way we're looking at it. It's not supposed to be. It's just like you better do it. Yeah, well, I'm with, I'm with, yeah. I, I think this year, Phil, is an opportunity um, mm-hmm. to have a better than expected year in year two. Uh, and then I think Carolina, I'm not going to say they'll take a step back because I don't know who they'll get in the portal or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think what you want to do is, you know, take advantage of this team, right, and, and have a yeah. big year. And then, you know, you, you may come back down to earth a little bit and have a building period. Uh, but I, I keep thinking 2025, you know, is when this thing will probably get, you know, at, at a consistent level uh, of, of where it can be, uh, if all things go according to plan. So, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, we got to get to Jamie Bradford on the other side of this break. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Game. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course 
with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20 plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter at Mer Taylor, at M E R T A Y L O R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M C K E L L A R Enterprises. Org. Her email's on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Let's say you need catering. You need a food truck. You just need to get some delicious food to feed some people. Nana's Porch is the place for you. I've known Chris, the owner, for years now. Uh, They helped with the Big Spur Golf Tournament. Uh, catering it. It was delicious. I highly encourage you uh, to go visit nanasporch.com. That's nanasporch.com right now uh, to take a look at their services, their menu items, everything you may need for your event, the professionalism, the food, the taste. uh, It's unrivaled uh, in this space. 336-259-7550 is the phone number. Or again, Go to nanasports.com. Uh, we talk about them all the time. They uh, sponsor the chat line here on the podcast, but I uh, wanted to tell you about it right here straight from JC. Tell them JC sent you, uh, and please support this Gamecock-owned and operated business. Also a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fees low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks. The show. And our hats and our glasses of cold. Cold All right, there we go. First uh, intro music in the history of the show belongs to our boy, <laughs> Jamie Bradford. No more deserving. Uh, none more deserving. I love that song too, man. That's uh Nothing like that tune. Oh, man. Gosh. I punched myself in the face of that song one time <laughs> at an Eric Church concert. And in the, know, in the Eric, midst, so we're not going to get in trouble, right, Jimmy? No. In the, no. <laughs> and in the middle of trying to uh, do that, I hit the guy in front of me. My wife said, 
you just hit the guy in front of you. I said, well, he shouldn't have been standing there. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious, man. Jamie Bradford uh, joins us every Wednesday. Oh, bourbon. Mm. Yeah. What's up? Anyway. Anything to talk about? Uh, nothing much to talk about today. Uh, by the way, Marcus Satterfield, Clayton White press conferences coming up. You can check that out. The Nana Sports chat box. If you have anything for Jamie, we'll be glad to pass along those questions. Um, you know, just uh, we're, we're sitting here, and I almost feel bad because we've been sitting here talking about injuries <laughs> and how there haven't been a lot this preseason and, and, and how they're going to be okay and running back. But, but I'll get your take on this, uh, JB. I – uh, maybe it's just the team we follow uh, and, and, and years of experiencing that inside of me. I'm, I'm starting to get nervous about the kicking game. <laughs> maybe it's – I, maybe I do this every year, 10 games to kick off, and I never talk about it. But I – you know, I kind of look at it, and, and you got Mitch Jeter, Alex Herrera uh, battling it out at place kicker, and then Kroger still hurt at punter. Um, just uh, – I don't know. What, what, what's your take on it? Talk me off the ledge. Shane's still the head coach, right? <laughs> Last time I checked. Yeah. Pete, Pete Limbo still running the special teams? He is. But you next, know, que- next, next question. But, but you I, know, kicking's I, like golf, man. I, I mean, get it. it you know, but, man, hey, look. I, I If there's a time – yeah, you, it's okay to worry. I'm not telling you no, you know. But, I mean, dude. We, these two guys, I feel if there's anything to feel comfortable with in this program, it's if there's an issue with special teams, they'll figure it out. Right. I, I just, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, I guess to your point, you've got difficult matchups early on. It's not like you've got, you know, a Kentucky schedule the first two or three games of the year where you can just kind of e- ease on into it and breeze by and, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll get them back before we play somebody that matters. No, that's not how this is for South Carolina. So um, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to find somebody. But until I see someone run out there and miss a bunch of kicks, not gonna worry about it. Not with Shane and Pete Limbo on that staff. Yeah, it's just you know, I, and I remember that during the Spurrier era too. And look, I, to be to be fair to Will Muschamp, well, gosh, I guess Parker White was the kicker his entire tenure, right? Uh, except the first year uh, with. Uh, What's his face? What, what's his name? Uh, he, he set some. He set the record. He was uh, at the oh, Elliot Fry. Fry. Elliot Fry. Fry. My gosh, How could I was I trying to remember that? if they overlapped or not. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, you know. But uh, yeah, and then Parker uh, from 27. He, he had Will Muschamp had unshakable faith in Parker White. He's <laughs> like, come on, Parker. It's like we're gonna hit a 63 yard field goal. Go, go get it, boy. Wide right, you know. Down um, 20. Or, or 12 down yards 20. short. Down 20. <laughs> down 20. We're going to yeah. kick a 63-yarder. You know, unshakable faith. And, and probably rightfully so. Parker, obviously, is a decorated kicker. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's J.C. Sherbert. Ten days before kickoff, I start – my mind starts wandering toward the kicking game. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. You know, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so you had a tweet. All right, so you you've been you, you've been like rolling facts on Twitter at Tennessee and Kentucky fans. You <laughs> got a lot of friends up there, JB. Yeah. So the, the, the hey, I did look look that didn't even I wasn't even I didn't even start that with the intent to be a jerk. I mean this <laughs> a, this attorney 
in Tennessee decides that he's going to put me in my place. And when he sent me a direct message last night, I was done. I responded. I said, I responded to that message. I haven't heard back from him yet. I responded <laughs> and I said, why are you still awake? Don't you have a tooth to brush before your mommy puts you to sleep? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, he's got to get hadn't that. heard a word. <laughs> the, 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 the motto tooth. <laughs> Be careful, man. You're going. You're going to be put in the bottom of a, of a distillery. <laughs> Next time you're up in Maggie Valley, they're going to cross the border and come get you. Yeah, you know? He ain't going to get me up there. Uh, yeah, there was a funny uh, a comedian was talking about how the, the volunteer mascot was dumb, um, and it's like he's just got a guy like sat on the sidelines. He's like, "What's he doing?" Like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. You know? It's like, well, where's your mascot? Yeah, he's a uh, he's inoculating people for polio in, in Botswana. He's yeah. just committed, you know, he's a volunteer, you know, hey, I'll do it, you know? Yeah. But uh, anyway, so, so here we go, Tennessee, right? Six and six in the last 12 against Carolina, which honest to God, that number could be better for the Gamecocks if you, if you really wanted to get right down to it. There's some bad Tennessee teams that have beaten some good Carolina teams in there. Uh, five and five in the last 10 against Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We just let that sit there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Derek Mason era at Vandy featured nothing but whipping Tennessee's ass consistently. I mean, I mean, dude, like five and five in your last ten against Missouri, zero and fifteen in your last fifteen against Bama. I get it, they're Bama, game. but you know, mix a win in once a decade. All right, uh, two and fourteen in your last. Uh, 16 against Florida, 2-10 and 10 in your last 12 against Georgia, and you're trying to tell me that you're relevant in college football? That is a 19-57 and 57 <laughs> record against the East and your arch-rival Alabama. The only team you've been beating consistently is Kentucky. 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 I, I didn't even say anything. It had nothing to do with South Carolina. Hey, I'm not dumb. South Carolina historically is not relevant in college football. I'm not an idiot. We're not idiots. We know that. They have had brief spurts of relevance, which means like a season here or there, or the three in a row under Spurrier. That's it. They're not historically relevant in college football. All I was saying was I think it's sad. Tennessee was a historical power, and for 15 years they have not been relevant, and there's no reason for that. But this guy, you know, the the the, the one-tooth wonder of Tennessee – decided to just take off. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to roll out some facts at you here, Mr. Attorney. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying anything about South Carolina. That's not what I'm saying. It had nothing yeah. to do with the Gamecocks. I wasn't even, wasn't even a battle. I was like, y'all just aren't relevant. I mean, you're not. So Haven't been in a while, really. I mean, they've been Missouri. Uh, they've been they've actually not been as good as South Carolina and Missouri. No, and relevant teams don't lose to Vanderbilt five of ten times. Five of ten. Five times. Yeah, the, the, like the, that's it. You're, and Derek Mason. Like it's not like they lost to the James Franklin Vanderbilt uh, for those three years. I actually I don't think Franklin beat him, but one maybe he beat him once. I think yeah. he did beat them one time uh, toward the end of the Dooley year. Like he 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 beat him pretty good. But Derek Mason owned Tennessee. <laughs> It was yeah. like that man. His Derrick Mason's Vandy teams were just god awful. I mean, he's the only he's the only coach I've ever seen take over. I think he has seventeen returning starters uh, from a nine win Vandy team when Franklin went to Tennessee, and 
you know, expectations were high in Nashville. And I lived there at the time. And I was like, you know, he's, he's ditching the spread offense for this pro style thing that he, they did at Stanford. You can't do that in the SEC. And uh, they had a nice little four, two, five defense that they ran that worked for them. He's switching it to a three, four, like Alabama. <laughs> I was like, this ain't going to work. So I picked him to go winless in the SEC and all six Vanderbilt fans in Nashville were mad at me, right? And they were pissed off. They were like, "Oh my god, you blah 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 blah." And then, and then they they got on me about the Gamecocks. Like, you're just a Gamecock fan, and you know we're your rival and all that. <laughs> so okay, so so that year Vandy played Ole Miss at the Titan Stadium, and it, things had gotten bad. And and Ole Miss, I think it was early on in Hugh Freeze, and it was like thirty six to nothing at halftime. Yeah. And some Vandy fan in a yellow sweater, this guy just gets up and chunks of beard down the things. Like, I'm done with this team. <laughs> and I'm like, my God, man, you must, <laughs> you must have had a hard life having to watch all this bad football. But yeah, Tennessee, man, they, they've lost. A, the, the, Derek Mason beat them consistently. So, yeah, I, um, I don't know. Okay. So, uh, moving on from those folks, because I, <laughs> I think with the season coming up, you know, yeah. uh, some of the, all the, a lot of this is going to get settled on the field. But I, I know this, a lot of Gamecock fans are really looking forward to that Kentucky game now. Yeah, really, I mean, I, look, know. I think Kentucky, I mean, this is a, I saw the stat last night. I wasn't, a, wasn't aware of it, but I, uh, JC, Phil, I, I truly believe that this, yeah, there's Georgia and Alabama, uh, and everyone else, right? But I think this is going to be as wild of an SEC season as we've seen because 12 of the 14 teams in the league return at least 10 starters. And the stat listed Mississippi State and South Carolina with the most returning starters at 15. But if you really think about it for the Gamecocks, it's more than that because, I mean, no, they weren't they weren't on the team, but Spencer Rattler's a returning starter. Austin Stogner's a returning starter. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a lot of guys who – I was talking to Flynn about it last night. He brought up a great point. He said, forget that crap. He said, give me the, give me the snap count numbers. How many, how many snaps oh, yeah. have they taken? And he was like, I mean, you know, if you could count up the number of snaps that the Gamecocks and Mississippi State and other teams like that in the league are returning, especially the blue-collar programs. Like, like I mean, Bama, Georgia, they're going to recruit guys that – you know, they, they haven't played a lot of snaps, but that's all right. They're, they're really good. So they're going to get in there and they're going to play well. But then you look at the rest of the league, like Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, you know, Auburn, LSU. We, we, we just don't know. We just don't know. So, but there's a lot of guys that return who have started, or there's a lot of guys that return who have just played a lot of snaps. I mean, RJ Roderick has been a starter and not a starter, but, but he's, He's played a billion snaps because he's been there for five years. So, I think it's going to be a wild year. I mean, like, this is uh, – if you try to pin it down, like, what is the middle class of the SEC looks like? Uh, <laughs> I think – I mean, it could be any number of things. I, 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 and I honestly think that, that Georgia, with as much as they lost uh, – and I know it's like Alabama, Georgia, everybody else. I'm not so sure – I don't know. I, I think Georgia has to do it before I'm ready to crown them. Uh, I, I think they have to, you know, all right, so you, you want to be Alabama East. All right. Well, you, you got to keep it rolling. You can't just, you know, go nine and three. Right. And even, even Alabama, when they broke through under Nick Saban uh, in 2010, if we remember correctly, the, 
Gamecocks beat them. Uh, LSU beat them and Auburn beat them. So that was three games and went to the Citrus Bowl. But, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I, I think it's Alabama and then everybody else. And, and I, I think people are sleeping on LSU a little bit. But it's hard. You know, Jamie, we had uh, Trey Biddy from our Arkansas side on yesterday. And he was just going through the players that the Hogs have coming back this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's unreal. I mean, the, the amount of, of snaps and yeah, players. And then, and then the guys they got out of the transfer portal that can step right in. Um, you know, and, and, and I see a lot of teams around the league that way, South Carolina included. So I think it's going to be a very, uh, very competitive uh, year uh, in the SEC. Well, and to, to your point about Georgia, if you if anybody's looked at their schedule, I know we're just in our own little world, right? You yeah. know, oh, they come to Columbia week three. We got a chance to upset them. Yeah, I get that. But um, if you go look at their schedule, they have four uh, like lunch pail type road games. Uh, I mean, if you want to include Missouri, but if if you don't want to include Missouri, they have three in Columbia in Starkville. And then Lexington, Kentucky. You know, those are like the don't forget your lunch pail because yeah. something, <laughs> something strange could happen. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, there's there's not the LSU that stands out on there or going to Bama or, you know, Auburn or something like that where you're like, oh, man, you know you know what the environment is. Those are, those are three places that don't generally come up because they're not, quote, unquote, you know, the big six in the league. But they are the you better pack a lunch because it – you know, it could get interesting in any of those environments. So, to your point with Georgia, like, I, I don't know that they would run out there and just get beat by a Florida or something like that this year, but they could be shocked by a Kentucky or a South Carolina or, you know, in Starkville with all the cowbells and stuff like that. So, we'll have to see. And they, they, they're going to have to, they're going to have to prove it on the road. And those are all really good environments. I think, and you know, if you think back during the pandemic year, um, Mississippi State, if I'm not mistaken, went to Georgia and only lost by seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's out there. It, that's not a place Georgia plays very frequently uh, over no. in Starkville. They don't, I don't think they go out there a whole lot. I think maybe the first time in 12 years they've been out there. And the Pirate has a lot of players uh, back, you know. Um, yeah. And if that offense is clicking, a lot of mates. You know, yeah, or, you know, that, and, that, and if it's clicking, that, that, that can be problematic. If it's not, kind of like against Bama last year, Bama's defense really got the best of them and the turnovers and all that, uh, Georgia could roll. But you go out there at the end of the year, uh, and Mississippi State, as Craig points out, defense is all juniors and seniors. Yeah. They've got a, they've got a really good D coordinator, too, at Mississippi. Yeah, they do. The, the only um, issue with with State is if they, if they score like Leach likes to score – I mean, you're just playing so yeah. many snaps on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> they just, get gassed. You mm-hmm. know, it just takes its toll on you. I mean, you could give up 30 points and have a hell of a game defensively. Yeah, exactly. And he, But Zach Arnett's really good, and they're really good at forcing turnovers. And I think I, when, when Leach was hired there, I thought, well, the kind of the genius of this is Mississippi State's always – Mississippi State and Ole Miss both have a tendency to always be able to recruit good defensive players. You know, and I think that's why Leach took the job because it's hard as hell to recruit at Washington State. You know, uh, that I think I've been there. It's way out. It's not in Seattle. It's not in Tacoma. It's in eastern Washington on the Idaho border, the prairie. You know, uh, you guys see the calendars with the sunflowers and stuff. That's where they grow it. That's where they photograph. They, 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 that, that's that part of the country. So it's hard to recruit there. Mississippi, you can throw a rock and hit three defensive linemen. I mean, you know, that's just how 
how it works over there. But yeah, that's interesting. And it's Mississippi State, Kentucky back to back. You go to Kentucky if you're talking about Georgia. Yeah. You go to Kentucky in November, like the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, it can get cold up there. I mean, it, you know, a yeah. little bit, you know, and all that good stuff. Meteor. Um, you know, all right, so I'm worried about the special teams. Uh, we talked about the offensive line earlier today. Jamie, I've been hearing some pretty good things uh, coming yep. out of camp about that group. Uh, and and I'll, I'll, in the interest of fairness, I, I've also been told, uh, like in, in uh, what was it, when in, in, the, uh, in the spring, uh, I was told that they were having a hard time blocking the Gamecocks defensive line. So That's there's, a good been, sign. there's been progress made, I, I think, up front. Uh, what, what's kind of your take on yeah. that group that everybody's going to discuss all year? No, I agree. I, I, I think, I mean, until we see it, you know, this is my uneducated opinion, just based on what I've heard. Until we see it, I like the right side better than the left side so far. Uh, you know, Dylan Wonham, from what I'm told, is the, the best pro prospect on the team. I think Javon Gwynn. Is going to surprise some people. People that pay attention to football, which you got a lot of them on, you know, that watch your program and listen to your program. They're football people. They understand yeah. the game. They're going to watch Javon Gwynn. They're going to go, man, this kid's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, he's not 330 pounds. I mean, he's about three, what, 305 or so at right guard, but he's really good. And he's built like a brick house and he's worked his rear end off. So I like those guys there. Um, you know, left side, I like Vershawn Lee. I really like Rashawn Lee. Love Rashawn Lee. Yeah. Love Rashawn Lee. I mean, I'm just, I guess if you're concerned, it's at left tackle, but I can't say that because that's not fair to any of those kids. We got to watch him play and let, you know, yeah. let's see what happens. Um, you know, Eric Douglas is back for his 13th year at center. So, that, you know, that should be all right. I mean, between him and Donnell Stanley, they've been centers since we got joined the SEC. I mean, those, those are the only two guys we've had for literally like over a decade that had played center at South Carolina, it feels like. Um, you know, and then you flip it, flip the line of scrimmage. I, I know we're getting short on time, so I want to pump it in as much as I can here. Yeah, no problem. I think the Gamecock defense is as, is as good as Zach Pickens. If Zach Pickens has a really good year, they're going to be really good. If he does, if he has an okay year, they'll probably be okay, better than average. If he has a poor year, which I don't think that's going to happen, then then they're not going to be very good. But I mean, <laughs> no. he's he's got that you know that Javon Kinlawish in him where. If he's pay, if they're paying a lot of attention to Zach Pickens, that's that's going to cause problems. It's just it is what it is, uh, and so I think they're as good as Zach on that side of the ball, and on the left side or on the offensive side, I think they're going to be as good as their tackles. So if their tackles play well, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I, I thought Jalen Nichols at the end of last year when they moved him to left, uh, I thought that was kind of a an improvement moment, uh, I think, on the O-line. I mean, they were never really ideal. Um, embarrassing game against Clemson, really. But uh, the rest of the, you know, down the stretch games, Missouri was a tough one. But, uh, you know, they, I thought I thought Nichols held his own. I, I, I think he's a tackle, not a guard. And, of course, he started the year at guard. So, you know, we'll see there. And, uh you know, like you said with Wanham, if you know, here's a kid that was a freshman all SEC guy, you know, yeah. has had injuries, and if he can be healthy and play, and you know, my biggest concerns probably that they don't have one of their top five on the field because I think Wanamaker is one of their five best yeah. offensive linemen. I just don't know where you where do you play him. You know, where do you play him? So, oh well, I mean, he might answer that question for you. I mean, I, I yeah. think that Wanham's going to be your your guy at right tackle. That's where it's trending. Yeah, but you know, I mean, if if he doesn't play well, I mean, it's offensive line. I mean, guys get banged up. You know, guys get in there and they 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 
take take over a role and they don't ever relinquish that role. So Wally Pip. I just think that yeah, I mean the tackles I like them, but we just need to see them play and uh I think they're going to be okay. I know we'll preview the Georgia State game next week, but yeah. they'll they'll be okay there. Uh but when it gets to Arkansas, you know, you're going to need to you're going to need to show up. Yeah, there's no question about it. And you know, and I think uh, the Hogs are going to you know, Barry Odom's a very interesting D coordinator, and there's a lot of different things he can throw out at, at you. So, well, Jamie, it's almost game week, buddy. Next week we'll be yeah. predicting, breaking it down, uh, looking at Georgia State's personnel. I got to I got to look at them this weekend. Uh, anything uh, on the college football schedule for this weekend that tickles your fancy other than it's just yeah. college football? Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm excited. I want to watch Vandy late on Saturday mm-hmm. night. Yeah. I mean, I, I do want to – I like Clark Lee, and, and, and so I want to see what he looks like. Phil, you and are you and Clark Lee related? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. They do. Wow. I, I've never noticed that. Just get a bit more here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so I, I do want to see them. I'll – I'll follow my uh, my wet my uh, my inherited Western Cowboys of Wyoming. They're at Illinois this weekend. Um, I, and I, you know, hey, look, Nebraska and Northwestern play. I mean, I kind of want. I've always had an appreciation for Nebraska, and I had more of one when we beat them in the Capital One Bowl. But I, I, I say that humbly because they're fan, they have great fans. They have no, they're great the best fans, fans in college football. They're yeah. so yeah. great. You know, I really want to see Nebraska play well, and I'd like to see what they look like this year. It's Kind of amazing. Scott Frost has gone up there and hadn't done well. So we get college football back this weekend. Yeah, man. I mean, absolutely. I'll, I'll be right. watching. And, you know, those are the things at the top of the list. But I'm sure anything I can catch, I'll do it. Um, I, I, a couple quick parting shots here. Happy first anniversary to the Alliance. That's going well. <laughs> uh, the ACC. And the, yeah. yeah. yeah and, and, and happy 31st anniversary to the debut of naughty by nature's opp 31 years ago that song came out today man i'm gonna have to have a cold one this afternoon in celebration of that you know? i mean that, that's still a jam still a jam if you go watch the music video there's a 10 year old kid who emerges in the music video like 55 seconds in you're like where the hell did he come from it's kind of, it's kind of funny uh so shout out to naughty by nature and uh the alliance the alliance has done a done a fantastic job governing college football yeah, yeah, friends like man. those, right? The Alliance, man, they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like George Kalishnikov or whatever his name is, the Pac-12 commissioner. He got a, he got a, a big lesson in whatever. And then, then the ACC is so their reaction is hilarious because they they're just they're, they're just ignoring it. It's just like we still care about <laughs> academics and volleyball here, and we're just gonna oh, yeah. and, and all their schools are like we're in this awful deal for. Till 2036, yeah. you know, it's like everybody's laughing at us. It's like, it's like the ACC. It's like they logged on to the conference call one day a month or two ago, and they're like, are we – did somebody miss the memo? Like, where's everybody at? <laughs> <laughs> We're the only ones on the Zoom meeting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we forgot to tell you, but – Everybody left the group chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Big Ten has left the chat, you know. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, they never got they never got their zoom link phil they didn't they yeah, didn't get yeah that's right yeah we sent it you can't, you yeah, can't it's, yeah, up, yeah. Huh? oh yeah we'll be on your end <laughs> hey maybe just try tomorrow 
know, you know what? We actually sent that to the Mountain West on accident. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. You know, but yeah, Wyoming at Illinois. I have. Ah, I got roped into going to the White Sox game on Sunday. Otherwise, I may have, I may have uh, taken the couple hour drive down to Champaign or yeah, and uh, check that out. Check out the Cowboys. I great, great yeah. group of five facility out there. I got the tour. We'll tell that story another day. Oh, unbelievable! Oh, it's so beautiful, beautiful place. Sat in Josh Allen's locker cool. and the whole nine yards was pretty cool. That's awesome. All right, nope. JC, uh, Phil Frost. Good Phil to see Frost. both of you. Phil Frost. <laughs> yeah. uh, good to see you, baby. We'll be back next, next week. week. Can't wait. Same Same time. Week. Coming back. So yep. uh, thanks again, JB. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Joins Thank us you. every Wednesday here on the Inside the Gamecocks, the show, and uh, all that. So OPP, 31 years ago, man. I'm old. Yeah, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> We're getting old. We're getting old. Dude, I was sitting around. I guess it was during the pandemic, and I, was, I texted a, an old football coach of mine, and I was like, Dude, Axel Rose turned 63 today. <laughs> I was like, I need to, I said, Coach, I'm gonna get back. I need to get back in the weight room. <laughs> we'll seeing clips from Motley Crew concerts, man. It's <laughs> yeah, dude, it's crazy. So <laughs> anyway, I want to thank everybody uh from the Nana Sports chat box, the IL Consulting mailbag. Uh Chris Phillips brought the thunder again, and Jamie Bradford always brings the thunder right here uh on inside the game cast the show. David Cloninger from the Charleston Post-Courier will make his debut on the show tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, I can get this seat to raise a little bit, Phil, because, like, look at this. I was like, oh, my God, I'm sinking. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, we'll fix the seat. Hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, everything goes well and uh, we get the seat fixed and all that good stuff. But uh, until next time, folks, Phil Wallenax, J.C. Sherbert, signing off inside the Gamecocks, the show, Hump Day Edition. Next time we have a Wednesday show, it'll be game week. Yay! Yay. Anyway, folks, have a great day and we'll holla at you soon.